welcome to the time is now i am your host michael stafford it is tuesday july the 20th Woo! this year's moving by way too fast for me people the olympics say no to sex what my goodness what is really going on but guess what in the wwe john cena is back john cena is back it's going to be the summer of cena but first the NBA season may very well end tonight. Woo, we got a lot to cover this week, guys. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. everybody let's get into it so game six game six is tonight 6 p.m pacific 9 p.m eastern standard time and these playoffs have been epic as the ratings i'm sure are much higher than it was last year in the bubble and i think people are probably happy not to see steph in it I think this is the first time in like a decade where you didn't have Steph or LeBron in the finals. So just to have these two small market teams in the finals has been something to behold. I'm thoroughly entertained and I got to give props where props are due. Okay, so last game on Saturday where the Bucks, I believe, were down by 10 points, what have you, in the fourth quarter and came back and won that game. Not to mention, earlier on in the game, they were up by, I believe, or they were down by, I believe, 16 points, I believe, in the first quarter. And they were in hostile territory, which is probably now the loudest arena in the NBA, taking over what the Jazz or the Kings used to be back in the day. Now, Arizona or Phoenix, I should say, is that dude. Those guys are a ruckus crowd. Got to give them all the props in the world, which is something we lost last season in the bubble just get that atmosphere that sense of some form of normalcy and then when you even when you go to milwaukee and you see the the what i forgot what they call it deer district man just COVID running rampant we'll talk a little bit more about COVID later but it's just been something to behold and it's been awesome and before we go any further into this let me go ahead and start off because i know i got a lot of people in my different groups and people who pay attention to me they want to call me a coach bud hater a coach bud hater and i'm not a coach bud hater uh, i'm just not a fan of his because of the fact that on paper the bucks should have been the most dominant team all year once they made the acquisition for drew holiday drew holiday is one of the most sleep on players slept on players in this league all right he he's a consummate pro only reason why he's not an all-star because it's guard heavy league and he's not playing in a large he's never played in a large market so now you add Drew Holiday, who's one of the top defensive players in the league. I believe he made all-team defense first team. And then he can distribute the ball, a very unselfish player, with a decent jump shot. So you add him to the team, uh, a team that was barely getting out, of, could not get out of the second round year in and year out. And you got Middleton, who's mid-game, his mid-range game, which is something to behold. And the thing I've noticed so much from the last two postseasons is that the mid-game is real. The teams you see succeeding the most are the Suns, mid-game is on, on real. The Clippers, tremendous mid-game, but also had a good long ball game. But they didn't shoot it a lot. They had a high percentage. 
they were shooting them smart. They weren't just jacking up threes like other teams. And then also to the Milwaukee Bucks, who also can shoot the three very efficiently, but you you, you set up your mid-range or even your end game, but you set up your mid-range by shooting properly three, sh- shooting well at the three-point line. You shoot the, you, you have the threat like Booker of the three, then you pump fake and get yourself a better shot most defenses will sag off of you. As you see, they used to do the Chris Paul, but, but Bucks have made the adjustment. They sag off of you, and you get that floater. You get that 15-footer. You get that mostly uncontested shot. And that's where I'm going to, leading with Budenhoser. Making the adjustments, and he does a game-to-game. He doesn't do mid-game, which is why I'm not a huge fan, but making the adjustment of playing Giannis more at the five. Playing, playing Lopez, he's like, okay, Lopez, I'm going to play you away from the basket because we got to pick and choose. You can at least shoot the jumper, but I can't play you and Giannis away from the basket. I'm going to play Giannis inside, play Book, uh, um, Brooke on the outside, and sometimes take Book out the game and and, and put in uh, Pat Connaughton. And, and, and also putting in P.J. Tucker and mixing it up where you have four shooters along with Giannis. So it's been great. And, and, and the way they're doing that has been masterful. And the biggest adjustment has been putting um, Drew on a CP3 amazing and drew's been wearing down chris paul little by little and showing why he's the top one of the top defensive point guards in the league so it's been great to see Budenholzer make that adjustment and but but the thing is this to me and anyone who listens i've been saying this all along but he still had to make the adjustment and not to mention they do have more veterans yes in 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 milwaukee but it is says something to be down late in a series or to be down in a series 0-2. Down in a series 0-2 twice in these in these playoffs to come back and take the lead, to take the advantage going up 3-2. It's amazing. And to see it happen, you got to have a coach that have some level of poise. And regardless of ever, anything I want to talk negatively about him, he's shown up. Now, I believe Coach Bonnie will make the proper adjustments. And what I believe they should do it's allow Booker to cook. Get a fast-paced offense, create turnovers, get stops, and push it. Don't push it with Chris Paul. He's moving slow. He's has, he slows at the pace. Do not allow the Bucks to get set into their defense because they're actually a bigger, stronger team and a better defensive team than the Suns are. So get a transition with Booker or, Br- or Mikel Bridges. Aiton can run. And when you do that, if you notice, too, Giannis has been laboring early in games to get out early, looking fatigued. Even though he played very well with that slam dunk in game five. Oh, my goodness. That was beautiful. That strip by Drew Holiday and that alley-oop dunk and the stare down. The stare down. Mm, mm, mm. We'll get to Giannis in a minute. But to make those adjustments be something that you got to do. And you got to get the ball into Cam Johnson more. Cam Johnson has not got enough looks and shooting a very high clip. When I see Cam Johnson, I see who I expected to see out of Kuzma. Now, I know you're playing with LeBron and everything like that, but see... Cam Johnson's efficiency from deep and his and his, his mindset not to be afraid of the moment. I give all those credit to Jamani to to Williams. Coaching his guys up. And I love to see it. Aiton as well. Aiton has not been performing well. And I said the, the plan would, would be to, to attack Aiton and get him into foul trouble. That's what they've done. They've also done the same thing to Booker. Phoenix has to flip that. If they get in transition, if you get more um, attempts at the paint, get more foul calls, and get Aiton and Kim Johnson active in the game again. 
because getting Cam Johnson and Aiden would unlock it and take a lot of the pressure off of CP3 and let CP3 cook in the fourth quarter like he's been accustomed to doing. So you got to do that and get them flowing through the offense. Now, the thing is this. Tonight, Giannis can finally get that ring he's been coveting. And to stay with his team and write, to, to sign that extension when he, he could have waited to the end of the season to do so. Budenholzer, the, the team has yet to pick up the extension on him. So so the, that's why he was kind of like a lame duck coach to like show us. So all the pressure was like championship or bust. Once Giannis signed that extension, Budenholzer's butt was, his seat was hot. And I got to give him props. He stepped up. So, but the thing is with all this Giannis slander, see the way he goes at it, he's like, I'm not going to team up with this person. I'm not going to super team with that person. In the off season, he's like, I'm not going to work out with you guys. I got my brothers I'm going to work out with. I'm not an AAU guy. No slight to LeBron or these guys. He's like, I'm not dapping you guys up like that. I'm going to dap up my team. He's, he's like something from old school. He's something from the 80s. He's a throwback. And people want to knock him saying he doesn't have enough skill. He doesn't have enough this. But it's like, if you think about it, they seem to do that against every dominant player this past era, the last 20 plus years. Even going back to, to Kobe. Oh, he's a duplicate of Jordan. After Jordan, everyone can't be great. No one's great. Oh, LeBron needs a super team. And before they said LeBron can't shoot. Now he can shoot. Oh, LeBron is in a post game. Now he has a post game. Oh, LeBron this. He needs a super team. Steph has those final MVPs. KD, he joined super teams, created his own super team. Now Giannis has no skill. Giannis is that dude, man. Giannis is that guy. And for me, Giannis is the kind of player I want on my team. Just his mentality alone. He had a post-game interview just after game five. I don't know if you guys heard it. Let me see if we have the audio to that. Do we have the audio to that? Let's see if we can get the audio to that. Take a listen to this. I'm so great. I had uh, 30. I had 45, 10, and 10, or whatever the case might be. Because you're going to think about that. Oh, we won this and that. Usually, uh, simple as that. You Like, the next few days, you're going to be terrible. And uh, I figured out, like, a mindset to have that, like, when you focus on the past, that's your ego. I did this. You know, um, we were able to, you know, um, beat this team for all. We did, I did this in the past. I want that in the past. And when I focus in the future, it's my pride. Like, yeah, next game, game five, I do this and this and this. You know, I'm going dominant. That's your pride, Zach. Like, you, it doesn't happen. Like, you're right here. And um, I kind of, like, try to focus in the, you know, in the moment, in the present. And that's humility. That's being humble. That's not setting no expectation. That's going out there enjoying the game, competing at a high level. And uh, I think I've had people throughout my life that helped me with that. But that's a skill that I've tried to, like, kind of, um, um, how you say, kind of, like, perfect it. Uh, yeah, master it. And uh, it's been working so far. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not. Man, can you, are you serious? Are you serious? How can you hate on a player like that? That's the guy I want on my team. That's my MVP who lost his father as he was embarking his time into the league 
and he went ahead, did everything to make his brothers and his father and his mother proud. That's the kind of guy I want on my team. And that's and, and I'm thinking like now if they win, Bucks have like an 81% chance of winning, winning it all. And if they do so tonight, or even if not tonight, if they do so uh, later on this week, we got to give Giannis his flowers. Is this his new era? Because all those guys, Drew Holloway set up for a long term. Uh, um, uh, Middleton has a long contract. Giannis all, ha- all have long contracts. That three is not going anywhere. And now you might finally, if they win, draw more talent to that team. And, and don't forget, DiVincenzo comes back next year. He was injured. The team's only going to get better. These guys are only going to get better. And when Giannis develops a, a consistent, he doesn't even need a three-point shot. Just a good 15, 20-footer. A nice little fadeaway. He's been trying to work on it. Imagine if he hits that with consistency. If he develops a, a Dirk Davisky type of approach, a Carmelone type of approach, when Carmelone had to face up, shake, shake. And with the, his strength, he all he has to do is start utilizing the backboard. Once Giannis gets a decent inside, mid-side, mid-game, it's over. The same thing we said about LeBron. We said once LeBron knows how to shoot, it's over. It's over. He'll be better than KD because he can finish better around the hoop. He's stronger. And when people want to talk about his free throws, well, he gets so many free throws that over time, the volume outweighs the inefficiency. So, yeah, say, for instance, he shoots 15 free throws, but he, he makes nine or ten of them. Your best player may only shoot six free throws for the entire game and make five of them. So which one is better? He got, he got what, nine points? Your guy got five. Then he's still going to get his layups and his end one. And then getting you and your big men into foul trouble. So which more is effective? So, yeah, shoot 60% from the line, but he gets so many of them, it outweighs it. Just amazing. And, and more so on, so we'll see what happens tonight. And I, I can't even tell you what I predict, to be honest with you. Um, the thing that I do know is that the Suns have never faced elimination. And to never face elimination, right? Putting your backs against the wall. I've always said that Booker was a front runner. We're going to find out. He might start pressing. Chris Paul's never been here. Even though he's their veteran, he's never been this deep in the season before. He's never been in a position. And every time he's faced elimination, he usually loses. That's something to look out for. So it, it could be easy to say, going back to Milwaukee, that the Bucks finish it tonight. But I would not be surprised if they win. But they never face elimination. They haven't lost three games straight since January. So it'd be hard-pressed for me to see that, in essence, the Bucks will sweep them because winning four straight is technically a sweep. Not a gentleman sweeping a 4-5, but it's a sweep. So if the Bucks win tonight, they swept the Suns who beat the Lakers, who beat Denver, who beat the Clippers. Whew. They beat the reigning champs. They, they beat the MVP and they beat the boys everyone picked to win it this year, or at least to win the West this year in the Clippers. And then they get swept by the Bucks. You got to put some respect on their name. My goodness. Talking a little bit more about the coaches real quick. Right now, what, seven out of the eight coaching positions were filled by black coaches. We're waiting on Willie Green, but once this series is over, he should be the next New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans coach. I hope they stay with the precedent where well, I hope they get away from the precedent where um, you're hearing talks about Portland maybe moving Damian Lillard. Well, Chauncey Billups just got there. I don't want to see happen to Chauncey Billups what happened to Silas, where once the, the brother gets hired, the top talent like Harden move off to go do greater things. 
give the guys a chance. Just because you hire a new coach does not mean you're rebuilding. Their first year Vogel stepped in for the Lakers, they won a championship. So let's not get caught into all that. I hope that maybe they'll give at least half the season a try and see what they have. See what they have in Chauncey and his staff. And if they seem to be prospering and they make the right acquisitions, go with that. You got to tie more what Coach Stotts was doing than your team's not able to win. I felt like your team finally healthy on your big men healthy. Gave you guys a real shot to winning it. You mean to add a little more depth on the bench and go from there. So let's see what happens. Pay attention to what happens in that scenario in Portland, but more so about all these different coaches, all the black hires. Like I said before, I don't want it to feel like affirmative action hires. I don't want them to say like, oh, because it's, it's going too far to the left. But I'm not going to act as if I don't like the hires. They're all decent hires. So with the new acquisitions, the new seven new coaches that are African-American, we still only have 13 African-American head coaches in the league right now because of it. So in essence, they doubled the numbers in one season. That says something. There's more African-American head coaches and people in the front office in the NBA than all the other leagues combined. Let that sizzle in your spirit. So all the other major United States sports combined. And then now I think as they turn the key, I think we may have more female people in the front office making the decisions before we start trickling that to the coaching. But I feel like Teresa, Teresa Witherspoon and Becky Hammond are on the forefront for that in the coming future. Stay tuned on that. Moving on to the Olympics. What is going on in these Olympics, man? What's going on in Tokyo? First of all, with COVID, Zach Levine is on protocol, along with Beal and Coco Golf. Everybody's gone. Man, I think Coco, I think she's done for the Olympic Games. Zach Levine, we got to wait and see. And so with Bill, as the Olympics start this Friday, what are we looking to see? How many of you are actually even going to watch this year? As we come through so much civil unrest, we have so many people who don't even want to be a part of this nation. You have the black people who have don't feel like they're even a part of it. And how many athletes want to take a knee and all the different things? They, do they want to represent a country that doesn't show that they care about them. People having flashbacks of Vietnam. <laughs> they went off to fight the war, come back, and they still called a nigga. All these different things. You know, people stepping out of the Olympics. Even people like Liz Cambage, because, because of the COVID atmosphere that we're in, they're still doing mini bubbles to where the athletes got to go on their own, have no loved ones, no family members in attendance. And they're going to be gone for about a month. And a lot of them want to, don't want to deal with that. So for her, she backed out with Australia with the awesome uniforms, by the way. Check out that. Thank me later. Australia, that's the uniforms that everyone should wear. Those, those are amazing. <clears throat> Anyways, Liz Cambage, Cambage, she's gone. She's out of the Olympics, the best player for Australia. But the United States don't seem like they're doing good either. The women even got beat in the exhibition game. And they're the most, between the women's basketball team and the women's soccer team, those are our most consistent, our most dominant sports for the United States. And, and our gymnastics is right there, but you still have uh, the the the, the uh, Russian countries that are still pretty good and dominant in those, and some Asian countries as well. But also going on in the Olympics, what's going on with the facilities? They have beds being made out of cardboard? What? What kind of crap? Cardboard? To the, and the reasoning is they want to distract you or they want to 
um, um, make sure that there's no sexual activity. So they will make it difficult for you as if you only need a bed to have sex. But the point to even try to do that is ridiculous. It's like an anti-sex thing going on. What does that mean? Just read They're not offering condoms. And, and then the COVID cases are rising, like I spoke about before. So what the hell is going on with the Olympic Games? And once again, who's going to watch when the talent doesn't seem to be as great in the United States? A lot of people don't seem like, like they want to tune in. And then they have all these ridiculous laws. And only 30% of the population out there has even been vaccinated. So you have all of our top athletes who are putting themselves at risk and to be away from their families for a month and to be sleeping on beds. And now you're saying you don't want them to entertain any local or, you know, traditional entertainment. So it's just something to behold, something we got to look out for and see. And I don't know how that is going to pan out. Mm. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, you know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday. So let's go. We got Shawn Michaels turning 56 this week. And from the Divas WWE, Tori Wilson's turning 46. And Jason Richardson, two-time dunk champion, turning 41. And Alvin Kamara's turning 26. And Jason Statham's turning 54. Joe Smith is turning 46. And from Arrow, Emily Richards is turning 30. NBA star Larry Hughes turning 43. And Ben Simmons is turning 25. J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez is turning 52. And NBA legendary player Mark Eaton's turning 65. And from Grey's Anatomy, Sandra Oh is turning 50. And Woody Harrelson is turning 60. White man cannot jump. And Vince Sanity, Vince Carter is turning 45. And Giselle Bunch is turning 41. And Matt LeBlanc from France is turning 54. And Carlos Santana is turning 74. And Mick Jagger is turning 78. Ray Allen is turning 46. And Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child is turning 42. And DeAndre Jordan from the Nets is turning 33. Omar Epps from Love and Basketball is turning 48. Slash, the guitarist, is turning 56. Ezekiel Elliott is turning 26. Selma Gomez is turning 29. And Carmelo, the mailman, is turning 58. David Spade is turning 57. And from Kyle Kuzma from the Lakers is turning 26. Danny Glover is turning 75. And Bree Z from All-American and Empire is turning 34. And third in line to the crown, Prince George, Prince William's son, is turning 8. And Monica Lewinsky, get down on one knee, why don't you? It's turning 48. And Israel Adesina from the UFC is turning 32. And Teddy Riley's daughter, Nia Riley, who has a child, I believe, by Soldier Boy, or at least date Soldier Boy, turning 32. Pretty Ricky is what they call him. Rick Fox is turning 52. 
And Fandango for the WWE is turning 40. And you have Kevin Spacey turning 61. Pete Sweat, who just performed, is turning 60. DeAndre Ayton in the NBA Finals tonight is, paying, is turning 23. Marlon Wayans is turning 48. And John Leguizamo is turning 57. Jackie Christie, Doug Christie's wife, is turning 52. And Kadeem Hardison is turning 56. We have some honorable mentions. Pop Smoke, who just released another album, who was tragically killed in Los Angeles last year, would have been 22 this week. Robin Williams, who committed suicide way back in 2014, one of my favorite comedians, turned, would have been 70 this week. Um, Bill Mays passed away in 2009, would have been 73 this week. Sweetness, Walter Payton, who passed away in 1999, would have been 67 this week. Joe Jackson, the father of the Jackson Five, who passed away in 2018, would have been 93 this week. And Alex Trebek, Alex Trebek, who passed away just last year, would have been 81 this week. And finally, Estelle Getty, you know her as the, the mother of the Golden Girls, passed away in 2008, would have been 98 this week. But that's all the birthdays we have, guys, this week. Now, back to our show. Now, moving on to the WWE. So we had we had um, the Money in the Bank just this past weekend, just just on Sunday, and the different things we saw that happened. We had the Usos. The Usos got their belts back. So it was pretty cool to see the Usos go ahead and do their thing and get their belt back. And now, part like with their cousin Roman Reigns, they both, all three of them, now have titles on the SmackDown roster. So that was pretty cool to see, to see the Usos get their belt back and AJ Styles and almost defeating the Viking Raiders and Money in the Bank as well. So the thing that was, I don't know, the women's Money in the Bank seems weird. You had Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, and Natalia and Tamina. So you had two tag teams uh, go at it. And in the end, Nikki Cross won. That's the update. Not a lot of stuff. And her new character, I don't like it. She's like a superhero. Or she says not uh, almost a superhero. So her initials or acronyms Ash, almost a superhero. I, I I don't get it. I think it's a whack. Hopefully they get rid of that character. Every time they do superheroes, I don't like it. To me, it's not good. In the Raw Tag Team Championship, you had AJ Styles and almost versus the Viking Raiders. Once again, horrible storyline. A lot of people like AJ Styles. I can't stand him. I like almost. I want almost to do, you know, to join the new nation. If they try to bring it back, that'd be great to bring that back. Bobby Lashley destroyed Kofi Kingston for the championship, for the WWE championship, also a Raw roster. Fun storyline I couldn't get behind was the Raw Women's Championship with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. I never thought that Rhea Ripley deserved it. She came right out of NXT and just took it 
all these women in line to do it and they just go ahead and just pretty much give it to Rhea Ripley and let her place hold it until Charlotte recover from her injuries and now Charlotte Flair is back to being the women's champion alright an, an interesting match that was pretty good was um, Ricochet John Morrison Riddle Drew McIntyre Big E versus Kevin Owens and Shinsuke Nakamura and Seth Rollins for the money in the bank it was an all out brawl it was great so Moving fast forward through the match, Morrison also helped Rollins hit a Falcon Arrow onto a ladder, and Owens, after Owens hit a springboard moonsault on both men, eventually Rollins turned on Morrison, expected striking him with the ladder. It's pretty cool. Just fast forwarding through the fight, it was then McIntyre turned to take over, slamming Ricochet into a ladder with a reverse spinebuster and hitting him and slipping dive on top of a rope and the rest of the field. McIntyre was taken out of the match when Jinder Mahal came out. They have a little beef going on. And um, Veer and Shanky, who also run with Jinder Mahal, ran and attacked before dragging McIntyre to the back. Then Ricochet had one of the most iconic moments of the match when he leaped from a ladder as Riddle was tipping it over, hitting the top rope, and flipping onto a group of the outside. Shortly after was another big bump as Rollins powerbomb Owens from the ring and through the ladder that was suspended on the commentary table earlier in the match. Now, as Rollins seemed ready to grab the briefcase, Biggie caught him and hit the big ending off the ladder. Biggie then climbed the ladder and grabbed the briefcase to win the match. That was iconic. It was very emotional. Now, finishing it up, Roman Reigns versus Edge, which is the, pretty much the nightcap for everything. It was interesting. It was great to see everything. So when Reigns got, you know, they started brawling early over a bunch of locks. Okay, Reigns locked Edge and extended chin hope and screaming he could hold Edge in that position all night if he chose to. Edge countered a Superman punch into a backslide for a near fall, giving his first glimpse of hope the opening of the match after the education edge again nearly scored the win finally building momentum against the champ edge locked in the cross face but reigns was able to escape by grabbing the bottom rope reigns then countered a spear attempt by locking in a guillotine choke now so we got interesting after the action spilled back outside the ring reigns missed the spear driving himself through the barricade edge stopped the referee's 10 count because you can't win by 10 count went back out left the ring to spear reigns through a second barricade. Reigns then hits a Superman punch that also took out the referee when Edge crashed into the into his knee. With the ref down, Reigns rolled out of the ring and broke the bottom off a steel chair. As they've been doing week in and week out, he's been doing that, that move against Roman Reigns and his cousins, the Uso. He was trying to lock into the assisted crossface. Edge reversed with a series of headbutts before locking in a crossface with the metal pole. The Usos tried to make and save, but they came in, tried to stop it, but the Mysterious stopped them. After they beat the Mysterious earlier, the Mysterious came out, tried to stop them from helping Roman Reigns. Okay, still with no referee in the match, Seth Rollins ran in and super kicked Edge before walking off. Reigns went for a spear, but Edge hit one of his own. A new referee had to run to the ring, giving Reigns enough time to kick out. Rollins then returned to the ring, drawing Edge to kick him from the ring apron and allowing Reigns to hit a spear to retain his title. It was awesome. After the match, Rollins jumped in the ring to continue attacking Edge before the two brawled to the back. The slow build led to a very hot finish over Buck, by the way. So that was interesting. And then to close that match out, here enters John Cena. 
His music starts. Dun, 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 dun. John Cena sucks, whatever it is. He comes into the ring and you can it see you see that it's kind of building to something. Because like like Reigns has been saying, who's there left to fight? So now you have John Cena there. And of course, John Cena opens up Raw, pretty much stating that he's gonna end up probably fighting Roman Reigns for the championship in um in uh SummerSlam, which is coming up next month. I might be there in Las Vegas. I might be in attendance for that. But to me, because we all like to have these people come back. Edge came back, then we have Cena coming back. Who's left to come back? I spoke about this. Go back to a shows I had months ago. It's all setting the stage for who. Because you're looking at the Fast Furious characters. John Cena's now part of the Fast, Fast and Furious franchise. And who's been there for quite a while now? And The Rock. The Rock is setting the stage for The Rock to return and to set the record straight. I can see The Rock returning. I can see John Cena beating Roman Reigns or John Cena trying to beat Roman Reigns and then The Rock emerges in SummerSlam to help his cousin, Roman Reigns. And they can set the stage for The Rock to be behind the champions of both brands and setting up the new nation, the nation of domination. You have Roman Reigns, the champ of SmackDown. You have uh, 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 Bobby Lashley, the champion of Raw. And you have The Rock over both of them. Him truly being the head of the table. That's what I want to see. That's how I envision it. Let's see what happens. Tune in. All right, finishing off. We have boxing news a little bit. The Charlo, one of the Charlo brothers had a draw this past weekend. Very underwhelming. It's not much to talk about there. However, this weekend we were scheduled originally to have Fury versus Wilder 3. So technically the rubber match, because a lot of people believe that Wilder convincingly lost the first match, but he did drop Fury. The next fight, he got his butt beat. He wanted to have this fight Fury was supposed to um, fight uh, uh, Joshua, Anthony Joshua, but then Fury got COVID, so they set up this fight. So now it's being pushed back to October, mid-October. I'm one of the rare people rooting for Wilder. I want Wilder to give him a box, not a boxing lesson. I want Fury to show that he's a superior boxer. I want to show, I want to see if Wilder was able to work on his fundamentals and his jabs. And I want him to throw some hooks and some body punches. And with the body, he can slow Fury down. Fury doesn't have a strong body, strong gut. Start off early, hitting him in the gut, slow him down, and then hit him with that haymaker in the fourth or fifth round and end his arse. That's what I want to see. That's coming up in October. Hope that it happens. I'm excited to see some real boxing coming up. I think Pacquiao's coming up too. So we have to wait and see on that. I think Pacquiao's next month in August. So we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. All right, so we're going to take a short break. You're listening to The Time Is Now. We do not own the rights to this music. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. 
dog is first up to back. No batteries included and no strings attached. No holes barred. No time for move faking. Got to get to loose so I can bring home the bacon. Brothers front, they say the drop can't flow. But we've been known to do the impossible like Broadway Joe. So sleep if you want, like who will help you get your Z's true. But here's the real scoop. I'm all that and then some. Short duck and handsome. Bust a nut inside your eye to show you where I come from. I'm vexed. I've had it up to here, my days of paying dues are over Acknowledge me is in there, yeah Head for the border, go get a taco I see record from the jump street, meaning from the get-go Sit back, relax, and let yourself go Don't sweat what you heard, but act like you know Yes, yes, y'all Yes, y'all Who got the vibe? It's the tribe, y'all Tribe, y'all Vibe, y'all Vibe, y'all Inside, outside, come around Who's that? Brown Some may I say, call me Charlie The word is the herb, and I'm deep like Bob Marley Lay back on the payback, evolve, rotate the game Kakalaka and Compton Check it, check it, check it out The loops for the troops More bounds to the ounce And wow, how now, wow, how now, brown cow Well, ill to the skill gets down For the flex Next is the textbook Old to the new But the rest are doo-doo From radio to the video To Arsenio Tell me, yo What's the scenario? Blue. Scooby-Doo, whoopie-doo Scenarios, radios Rates more than four Scores for the scores That's mother dance floors Now I go for mine Shades of seashore Space means peace, see you later. Later, 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 alligator. Pop blows the weasel and the earth's an inflator. So yo, the D, what the O? Incorporated INC into a flow. Funk, flip, flat, back, first, fist, foul, fight, 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 laugh, yo, how that sound? Ooh. It's a leader quest mission and we got the goods here. Yeah. Never on the left, cause my right's my good ear. Yeah. I could give a damn about an ill subliminal. Stay away from crime, so I ain't no criminal. criminal. I love my young nation, movie sensation, no time for hibernation, only Don't ever try to test the water, little kid. Yo, Mr. Buster Rhymes, tell them what I, I heard. Did. You rushed and rushed and attacked. Then they rebuked, then you had to smack. Causing rambunction throughout the sphere. Raise the levels of the boom inside the air. You know I did it, so don't violate or you'll get violated. The hip hop sound is well agitated. We'll never waste no time on a played out ego. So here's Buster Rhymes with the scenario. Watch as I combine all the juice from the mind. Heal up, wheel up, bring it back, come rewind. Powerful impact. Boom! Boom. From the cannon, not bragging. Try to reap a mind, just imagine. Both can't build, there is necessary. When digging in the my library. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Eating I do stew like the one peak to toss. Uh, 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 all over the track, man. Uh, pardon me, uh, as I come back. As I did, the I had to beg your pardon. When I travel through the turn, I roll with the squadron. Rawr, rawr, like a dungeon dragon. Change your little jaws, cause your pants are sagging. Try to step to this, I won't put you in a turban. And have it smell right like some old stale urine. Chuckity charcoal, the chocolate chicken. The rear cock diesel, but cheeks, they were kicking. Yo, bust it out before the buster, bust another round. The rhythm is insane. Uh, the vibes are on town. Tipping up the sound just like a ratio. Yo, observe the vibe and check out the scenario. Yo, yo. Feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, I know. I feel like you're my roommate. I've been sleeping in my studio. Is it fulfilling? 
It's been, um... Does it hug you back? Does it what? Does it hug you back? No, but I've been able to be calm. Calm? Yeah. Calm from the hell you've created? I haven't created hell. No? I just feel like you act very different from before we got married. You just... Yeah, because... It's changed a lot. I feel really neglected by you. I feel like you don't take the time to be into me like you used to. You forget, you know, about me. Like, you don't even think sometimes on the weekends to let me sleep in and you take care of mommy. You don't even think, let me just fold these clothes that, you know, she washed for me. I know they're my underwear. Like, you just, you're just so oblivious and so in your own world and you forget that you're supposed to be my other half. We're supposed to be a team. Yeah, well, we're definitely not a team. Doesn't feel like it. I wouldn't take our wedding pictures and put it in the garbage. For what? What the hell were you thinking when you did that? You just tweeted to the world that I'm marrying me was your biggest mistake, and you worried about me dumping wedding pictures that I don't Yeah, because that's personal. That's real yeah, life. and so is that's real that's... life. You tweeted something. Twitter's not real life. Like, are you even remorseful for the public humiliation for like how you're making me feel, what are you putting me through? No matter what's in jeopardy for my husband, it, there's still no click. You asked for my hand in marriage, you asked for this family that we've created together. And now that you have it, it's not interesting enough for you anymore. I never said that. How about like when you make comments about like, how you don't want to have any more kids? Okay, Erica. What's going on up there with you and Safari? She's saying, how can I look at this baby and not want another one? But tell him why you don't want another one. Because I got too big for, during my pregnancy. No, I didn't tell say him. that. Yeah, see, right. first of all, I never you. said that. That has nothing to do with you. I didn't realize having a kid was this much work, so that's why I said I don't want no more kids. It's a lot of work. I didn't know it was this much work, and we don't have any help. Do you not like being married? Well, I'm almost scared, like, you don't want to do life with me. It's so dramatic. Us talking one-on-one -on -one is a waste. You need to talk to somebody, and you just need to figure your out. Oh, what about you? I'm fine. <laughs> what? You don't know how to do real life. It's not a rap video every day. What's real life I don't know how to do? This. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody has problems. Everybody has demons. It's just a matter of you're mature enough yeah, to I, face well, them. I don't, well, whether I have problems or not, I don't, <laughs> I don't come out aggressive. You're aggressive, what? and I don't like the aggressive side what? of you. What? You don't like the aggressive side? I don't but like you, it. You stir up the pop. Don't matter. And when matter. it starts overflowing and boiling over, ooh, it's too hot for safari. Get over it. Oh, get over it. Or don't get over it and do what you got to do. Okay, what do I got to do then? Whatever you got to do to what make do yourself I gotta happy. What do I got to do? I don't know. Do what you want to do. Okay, you don't care? I don't care. Cool. Are we done? Take this off of me. That's all she does, walk around the house and slam doors. I gotta deal with that all day. This week, there's actually so many things that I actually did want to talk about. And, and, and in the last...
last moment I came across this story. As you just heard, I'm an excerpt from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Yes, I still do engage in some of those things. It's probably one of the only reality shows that I watch outside of sports. But this is a real relationship matter. As you hear Safari and his new bride and um, Eva, Eva Mendez, what was her name? I can't remember her name right now. It's uh, Erica Mena. Sorry, Erica Mena. Um, and anyone who follows the series knows that she has a lot of um, temperamental issues, if you will. I guess that's the best way of saying it. And um, Safari, fun-loving guy, you know, known for uh, being uh, the person that was dating Nicki Minaj when she first broke into the industry. And allegedly, allegedly, air quotes, uh, she was stealing his rhymes. He wrote her rhymes, right? So we got a little bit of that. And um, that's a little bit of the backstory. There's more to it than that, but bear with me. But you hear that little excerpt and you hear the different things and, and you have to dig a little bit deeper into these different relationships and, and what they actually go through. And um, to say it's easy to be married, anyone who's been married would tell you marriage is work. It's a lot of work. And, um, you know, we spoke before about the things that I've been through um, in and out of my situation, um, you know, the moving out of the home where you know my wife and daughter laid and when she was two years old and she doesn't even remember when we were living together before in our nice size home in Anaheim she doesn't even remember all the things that I uh, I put them through because of the mental issues I was dealing with and and and, and losing my cousin um, and then also dealing with my own mortality when I was diagnosed when I was diagnosed with having a heart attack on the job those different things created a strain and, and a chain reaction, if you will, for me to go ahead and say, I don't want to die unhappy. I just didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel as if I was getting what I thought I should be receiving out of a marriage. I wasn't willing to put the work in. See, I thought I did. I thought I was doing everything that I needed to do. But in actuality, I wasn't willing to put the work in. Right? wasn't willing to put the work in that's the reality and you come across that with so many different men because they lack the ability to mature to the level of their mate see the thing is erica Menon didn't get down on one knee and ask to be his bride he chose her we all thought it was a little premature people who followed the story followed the show thought it was a little premature but Apparently, he've always said, I want to be married. I want to have a child. There's an episode out there where now she's pregnant with their second child, which if you fast forward to current time, she just had that second child. And when he found out he was going to be a father again, his face stone cold was like, what do you expect me to do with this? What should I do with this information? Seemed very unhappy as if she made the child all on her own. My dude, you go on raw dog. Yes, it's your wife, but why should she be on birth control? If you guys both made the decision that you did not want to have a child, now your second child, you would think that you would not take some sort of precautions. You go on social media saying that this is one of the big mistakes you've ever made in your life, getting married. How dare you? I don't care what you think about this woman. You chose to propose to her. You chose to get her impregnated 
twice. And now you have the audacity, the mitigated gall, as, as some would say, to carry on like this. I'm just at awe. Like, wow. The audacity of this guy. Who I've, I've listened to his music. I support. Erica Mena, not so much. I, don't, I never liked her attitude and the way she carried it all. And, and and her and the way she she did things and I used to hear these from his perspective and like yeah I can see that I can see why she drives you crazy. But then, <laughs> hold on, let's see. Do do we have this one audio real quick? Let's take a listen. Let's take a listen. There's one audio. Safari was on the show with Young Jock in Atlanta, um, and and he said he said this. This is what he said recently. I think marriage just makes everything way more technical. Wow. It does. I feel like when you get to live with like boyfriend and girlfriend, <clears throat> like grown man, real talk. I know it may sound childish and immature, but it's like marriage. I just feel like it just makes everything just way more serious than what it needs to be. Everything, going to the supermarket, going take out the garbage, just everything is way more serious. And I know there's some people who are like, oh, I've been married for 20, 30 years, and this, that, and the third. Like, I, that's great, that's God. We live in a different era now, and especially with this era of social media yeah. and, and, and people letting it really like affect what they do on the daily. Yeah. Like it's, it's it's not the same as especially being in the public eye. You know, there's people like, yeah, I've been married for 20, 30 years, but yeah, yeah, everybody be giving out Christmas. You hear that stuff? The immaturity of this guy to make it seem as if, oh, I had no clue raising a family, having a child would be so much work. I had no clue. It's so much work, it's so serious. Yes, it's serious. This isn't boyfriend and girlfriend. This isn't let's play house. This isn't that. This is a union. Two people coming together, building a life with a child. Children now, who did not ask to be here. So it is your responsibility as a man that you're uh, proclaiming yourself to be, to rise to the occasion and be who you're supposed to be all this time. When your wife was giving birth to your second child, you were there as she was in ICU, credit to you, and then you were gone. Being seen in the Caribbean, parting it up while your baby's recovering, being in ICU and she had more difficulties with your second child than she did with the first. Too many men fall into this cycle of not truly understanding what it is to be a man. It's more than just to provide. It is also to protect. And it's not just physically. It's emotionally. You have to protect them and let them, these women, your wives, feel secure. And the thing that I used to fail at the most, you must also, the third P, you must profess your love constantly, which also reassures them that you do truly love them. Because especially as their body has a hormonal changes and as their bodies fluctuate in size, they need to know that they're still beautiful. They need to know that you actually still do care. And that's the thing that many of us, young, we want to say men, immature men, have yet to realize what we need to do. Especially, especially 
If you chose to lay down with that woman and create a child, your responsibilities level go tenfold. I hope someone can get something from this. This is something that's very needed, especially in our communities. We need two parents to do something better for our future. I could really go on this topic, but I'll save some from another time. Until next time. week guys i appreciate you all for rocking me this week had a fun show you know we're going to continue to evolve in this headspace so i appreciate all of my listeners for rocking me all this time the music choice this week was scenario by a tribe called quest i know y'all remember that time is classic y'all probably got it memorized right now tribe called quest scenario what's the scenario here we go yo once again if you guys want to join the show and have your comments heard on the airways, and I can sit there and critique or analyze or go back and forth if you are with you. Feel free to scroll down if you are on Facebook. Follow me on Facebook. You can go ahead and scroll down and see the link to join the show. Go ahead and do so if you get a chance to. Really appreciate it. Want to hear from all you guys in the near future. Once again, if you do like the show, remember to like subscribe and of course of course share with your family and loved ones really would like to uh, get more of you guys in here and i appreciate all my listeners for over a year now wow it's been over a year time really flies now it's time for our final word and it will be said build up build up prepare the road remove the obstacles out of the way of my people for this is what the high and exalted one says he who lives forever whose name is holy I will live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite, I will not accuse them forever, nor will I always be angry. For then they would faint away because of me, the very people I have created. I was enraged by their sinful greed. I punished them and hid my face in anger, yet they kept on in their willful ways. I have seen their ways, but I will heal them. I will guide them and restore comfort to Israel's mourners, creating a praise on their lips. Peace, peace to those far and near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. Isaiah 57, 14 through 19. Remember, spread love, share love, embrace love for God is love. Until next time, peace.